Here's another inspiring message from Northside Community Church, Sydney. Now is usually the moment when Sam gets up, right? (laughs) But clearly I'm not Sam and he hasn't been sitting here this morning and we were funnily enough just joking around this morning saying, oh, you can just tell them that I've had a better offer. Say I've gone to Hillsong or something and I'm preaching out there today and you know how extension services sometimes dial in. Maybe you guys can dial in too. (laughs) We're having a bit of a laugh about it, have a bit of fun this morning. But the truth is Sam's not well. (laughs) He's come down with a gastro bug this morning. So unfortunately, he isn't with us um, this morning. But the good news is we're not going to miss out on chair three. I don't know about you, but I've been loving this series of going a bit deeper and into the life of Christ and what he was up to in his journey on earth. And a lot of the material has actually come, um, that Sam's been preaching on has come from a guy called Dan Spader. And Dan Spader went with Sam on the trip to Israel rail recently with a whole bunch of um, people from across the world. And he's been journeying through this material. And so funnily enough, the week that Sam is sick, there is actually some video content that is pretty much the exact same material that Sam was going to be preaching on this morning. So we're not going to be missing out on chair three, which is go and be fishers of men. Um, so we're going to hear from the man himself, Dan Spader, who has been discipling Sam and this next generation of leaders. And it's such a cool theme to think of and in this theme of discipleship of what we've been hearing. So we've got extra special, something different this morning. We've got a video message from Dan Spader on Go and Be Fishers of Men. So why don't we tune in this morning? As we look at that chair three person, Jesus made it very clear that the harvest is plentiful, but the chair three workers are few. Why is that? Before I get ahead of myself, let's first look at Jesus. When Jesus goes to the disciples in Matthew chapter four, there's a very strategic defining moment in Jesus' life. You're 18 months into the life of Christ by the time you're at Mark 1.16 or Matthew 4, uh, 12 and on. John the Baptist, his cousin, has just been put into, pr- into prison. Jesus now takes up the message of preaching the repent for the kingdom of God is near. Jesus makes a move from his hometown in Nazareth to Capernaum. But more important, Jesus now is going to, with a laser focus, turn his attention upon investing in a few disciples that he's going to go deeper with. And he goes to them, James and John and Simon and Andrew, and later on Matthew, some of the different ones that he initially started with, but he goes to them and he says, follow me, for I'm going to make you a fisherman. I'm going to teach you how to reproduce your life. What very strategic about this, with laser focus, Jesus now begins to pour into a few, teaching them to reproduce their life in others. You're going to find Jesus from this point on 17 times with the masses, but 46 times with the few. Now, why is that? Why is it that Jesus so focused on a few? Later on, many of these would become the 12. But this is still a smaller group of five individuals that he began to pour his life into. I think there's a couple reasons for it. 
You see, the come and see is a relatively easy challenge. Follow me is not difficult. But when you get to this chair, follow me, I'll make you a fisherman. The scripture is very clear. This is a struggle. A number of things have to be learned. Another things have to be developed into this person's life to teach them to reproduce. Jesus takes his disciples on six fishing trips and five missions trips. He begins to spend more time with them, pouring into them. But Jesus knew that chair three, for at least two reasons, is very difficult. First and foremost, it's a struggle. You see this in Hebrews 10 to 12, where the passage is right in the text says, in your struggle against sin. And then it goes on in verse 7, it says, endure hardship as discipline. And then it goes on in verse 11, says, this is painful. You see, this is the fellowship of sufferings in Philippians 3.10. Where Paul said, I want to know him, the power of his resurrection. The, and that's chair two, the know him, chair one, power of his resurrection, chair two, and the fellowship of sharing in his sufferings. I believe it's chair three. Because in this chair, you begin to get in the battle. You move from a children to a young man, an adolescent. You're battle, you're in the war, you're fighting the battle. You're struggling against the opposition, struggling against sin in your own life. You're struggling to make a difference for God. And, and this is where the Spirit of God begins to prune in our own life for discipline. If you look at John 15, it talks about no fruit, fruit, more fruit, and much fruit. And how do you move from fruit to more fruit? The Bible says pruning, pruning. And so God begins to prune in our life. He begins to help us choose priorities. And he begins to take away good things because that's what pruning is. God takes away the good things so we can get to the right things, the best things. And pruning is painful. Sometimes right in this text in Hebrews 12, it says he disciplines us. What father does not discipline his son to train him in righteousness? And, and, and God begins to discipline us. And that's painful. That's a struggle. And so many times in the middle of this battle of, of working for the Lord, of serving him, people just throw up their arms and say, ah, oh, just too hard. I'm going to go back to chair two. I just want to go to church. I want to listen to the preaching. I'll even give my money. But boy, this is too much of a struggle. And so people willingly choose to move from chair three back to chair two only to miss out on all that God has planned for them. I loved how the text goes on. It says, in the battle, in the struggle, even though it's painful, it says, do not come short of the grace of God and get bitter. I find so many people, because Jesus was right when he said, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Why? Because in the middle of the work, in the middle of the battle, You begin to take hits as you're serving the Lord, as you're doing the work of ministry, as you're learning to be other-oriented and to help others grow. You begin to take hits, and it becomes painful. And the scripture said, don't come short of the grace of God and get bitter. If you read any books on discipling by veteran disciple makers, they will tell you the number one destroyer of workers is bitterness. Why? Because in the battle, you desperately need the grace of God. You desperately need to not come short of God's grace. And people, when God begins to prune and take away good things like a job or, or a friend or, or a ministry or takes away something, we start saying, God, why? That's not fair. Or we begin to get disciplined for things and, and, and we struggle with that. And we say, God, why did you take that away? Why did you allow that to happen? And we come short of God's grace and we get better and we move back. We move back. 
And the Lord says, don't come short of it. In the battle, stay strong. You see what a chair three people need? Oh, and so much could be said here. But I want to suggest to you three things that people really need. First and foremost, and this is what Jesus was developing in their life. They need to learn to live a spirit-filled life. To, to do the work of ministry in the power of their spirit. I love Romans 6, 7, and 8 here. Romans 6 says we've died with Christ. We've died to our old nature. And we've been resurrected with Christ in our baptism. We're alive with him. And then Romans 7, Paul 29 times says, I, 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 I. And in this struggle to live righteously, Paul says, the things I want to do, I don't do. The things I don't want to do, I do. A wretched man that I am. 29 times he says, I, I, I. Who is going to set me free from this? You see, Try to live in chair three in the flesh. You can't do it. You burn out. And he says, I, I, I. And then he goes to Romans 8. And he says, the one that set me free, Romans 7, 6, the new way of the spirit. It's the spirit of God that set me free. You see, in chair three, we've got to learn to live that spirit-filled life. Because we cannot do the work of ministry. We cannot bear fruit apart from deep abiding. The second thing chair three people really need is to, to learn to deny themselves and, and to say yes to God, but to say no to ourselves. And that's not easy because our flesh keeps coming up in the middle of the battle, in the middle of the work. And we have to learn to deny ourselves. Jesus, nine months before he went to cross, up at Caesarea Philippi, way up north, said to the disciples, I must go to Jerusalem and die. And Peter said, oh, no, don't say that. Don't do that. And Jesus said, get thee behind me, Satan. And then Jesus turned to his disciples. You, too, have to learn to take up your cross daily. Deny yourself and follow me. And that's chair three living. It's not easy. It's not easy. But we've got to learn to say no to ourselves and yes to God. No to our will and yes to God's desires. And lastly, this person, this chair really needs to endure. Endure. That's why in Hebrews here it says, Jesus, who for the joy set before him, endured the cross. And then goes on and says, you too, endure, 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 look beyond it. Hupomeno is a Greek word for endure. It means to look beyond, to, to bear up under the weight and to endure. Because if we endure, the harvest will then come. You see, the most critical thing about chair three living is the only way you can get to chair four is through chair three. And it's a struggle. It's painful. It's a battle. But it's rich. It's deep. Because we learn to say no to ourselves and yes to God. We learn to live and to produce fruit in the power of the Spirit. And we learn to endure because then the harvest is coming. What I also believe chair three people really need more than anything, and the reason we have so few of them in our churches is because chair three people desperately need other mature disciple makers to come alongside and to help them through that struggle, to help them learn to say no to self, help them to learn to endure. And why do so many of our churches have a lot of chair one and chair two, but not a lot of chair three? Because we've got to be better at coming alongside of them and helping them in the middle of this fellowship of suffering to learn all that God has for them. It's a rich, deep journey, but it's not an easy one. May God help you as you get through chair three to chair four and take others through that same process. Well, thanks for tuning in. 
If you'd like to find out more about Northside, visit northsidechurch.org.au.